All right. Do you want to get this thing going? Yes, I do. If you don't know Greg Baldwin, you should. Open for Daryl Hammond, Michael Rappaport last weekend. And this weekend, he is going to be opening for... Oh, I heard Eliza Sussinger. Correct? Mm -hmm. uh, she's That's awesome pretty too. awesome. Yeah. Well, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's right. So we're going to find out because you should be having your own Netflix show or something like that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. In good time. Yes. These are, these are uh, uh, pretty cool people to do shows with. The following Friday, I'm doing a show with Bill Burr. Oh, oh nice. nice. Uh, from, uh, I'm sure you guys know who he is. He's, uh, he's great. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's amazing. But I'm not, I'm not uh, in their caliber yet, but I get to perform with them, which is, uh, which is amazing. You're the one that has a Super Bowl ad. Yes. I, kind of. <laughs> It was a. It was for the Doritos commercial for the Super Bowl contest. Right. Uh, and it didn't actually air during the Super Bowl, but I, at one point, I think it had like, I want to say like thirty something million views or something like that, or maybe even more than that, uh, which was pretty cool. That's so that's awesome. that's a big level. Yes, that I mean, is. That's huge. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's past the duchy, and then it's quality. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit about Baldy and I. Yeah, let's hear it. We go way back, what, 30-something years now? Wow. I'm sorry. Playing ball at Kenyatta College. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. Uh, for 30 something my... years? It's uh is it what, 90, 92? Almost, almost 30 years. No, maybe 30 years. Yeah. No, almost. Is it almost 30 years? Almost, yeah. God, that was just that, was, that was 91 and 92 yes. uh, that I played there. I forget what year you were. I was there in 91, um, then got injured and ended up moving away. So I ended up coming up to Sacramento area where I'm at now. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, definitely. Wow. So college ball players. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, Skip. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. And that team was so much fun. I mean, yeah. come on. Oh man, we do. Well, anyway, we don't need to talk about me. Let's talk about you. Huh? Yeah, I'm gonna go back and reminisce a little bit. Well, I don't know. Can I start asking? Because I got questions. Go. He's got a lot of questions. Well, I do because the, the most important thing you got to start off with what what inspired you to get into comedy. That's a good question. So, uh, so I've been I've been acting. I was in a theater company in the Actors Theater in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, that was in around two, the year 2000, somewhere in that range. And I was in a theater company and I was doing a lot of plays and stuff. I ended up moving down to LA to, to follow my dreams to be an actor. And I've been doing it on and off, nothing serious for a while, but oh God, about eight years ago, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm clean and sober. Uh, I just celebrated 14 years clean and sober, uh, on which is a miracle in itself. But I was at a, I was at a recovery meeting and, uh, this guy I know, my a friend of mine, says, introduces to me to this guy, and he said, uh, and so I meet him, and he's like, after the meeting, he's like, hey, will you give him a ride home? And what I thought on the inside was, why don't you give him a ride home? <laughs> you know, why are you asking me? But part of my recovery is to be in service to other people, so uh, so I just kept my mouth shut. And said, sure. So I gave this guy a ride home, and he. Uh, I asked him if he needed help getting to meetings. He, he, he was clean about 30 days off cocaine, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, yeah, he needed help getting to meetings. So uh, 
So I started picking him up and, and taking him to meetings and I would go to Starbucks and get coffee and he would never, he would never order anything. And, uh, and so I asked him, I, I'm like, are you broke? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you have groceries? And he's like, no. So I said, all right, man, I'm gonna, I'll take you shopping. Right. So I asked him where he shopped he, and he took me to Whole Foods. I <laughs> 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 got like a little basket for like a hundred bucks or whatever, but I was just doing my part. And, uh, and so I, uh, we just became friends, man. We just started, you know, get, we were just running the gun and staying sober together, cleaning sober together. And uh, he, it turns out he was a stand-up comedian and invited me to go see a show because at the comedy store. Now I had, I had gone to the comedy store a lot to see, to watch comedy. A lot of times by myself, but it never, never in a million years did it cross my mind that I would ever do stand-up. And the reason why is because I didn't think I was creative enough. It just never, just never occurred to me. After watching all, you know, watching all these great comedians, it never occurred to me to do stand-up. But I went to a show, and he and he asked me, and like half the comedians were terrible, just terrible. Right. And uh, it was kind of like a, I wouldn't say it's a beginner show, but it was a combination of beginners and a couple experienced people. And uh, and after the show, I'm like, I told him, I'm like, dude, I could, I, I can, I, I speak in jails a lot, and uh, and I make and make people laugh telling drug stories. So I'm like, dude, I can tell drug stories and be as funny as half of these guys. And he, <laughs> and he, uh, and he said, do you want to try it? And I'm like, uh, okay, I guess, you know, and I, you know, and I, since I've gotten sober, I try to say yes to the universe and, and to the world. And so, uh, he put me up on a beginner show. It was a beginner show at the comedy store, like a week later. And, uh, I wrote some of my drug stories down and it was basically, it was really bad. It was basically re like reading off a piece of paper. You know, I memorized it word for word. If I missed a word, it would throw me off. But I went up at this beginner show and I did some drug stories. I get off the stage and uh, people were high-fiving me and stuff. And I, I told some drug stories and then I wrapped it up with like a feel-good recovery message. I get off the stage, the host gets back up on the stage and he's like, he's like, holy shit, man. I didn't know this was a, this was an AA meeting. <laughs> 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 and everybody started laughing. Everybody started laughing, and I've been doing it ever since. And uh, good for you, man. Yeah, it's been a hell of a journey, man. I've been grinding away for eight years, and and uh, it's uh, never in a million years that I ever expected, you know, this would happen. I, I had no idea, you know. No, I hear you. Now, with opening with Daryl Hammond, I mean, for you, what was that like? I mean, sitting there, you get that phone call. Hey, you wanna? So, so it's kind of opening. So I'm in the same show with them. So yeah. when it's a, it's a little bit different. So I'm in LA and I'll do a show. And sometimes like, you know, some of the biggest comedians in the world, you know, I, I, I was doing, I've been, I've been pretty much at the comedy store. Okay. Uh, besides up until last year, almost every Friday uh, for, for seven, about seven years. Wow. And, uh, and like these big comedians with, you know, and my shows were, with their they weren't like all the like the main shows were like bill burr chris rock eliza schlesinger like all the top you i I'm, i wasn't allowed to do those shows because you have to get past at the comedy store right. so i'm not allowed to do the main shows but there's all these side shows around the comedy store that i got on and then so even though i wasn't a very good comedian all these big comedians were dropping our shows i don't god who like bill uh bill burr joe rogan uh fuck you, uh, you name it they've dropped in and it's uh yeah. and it was just incredible but what happened is uh i just started getting good I said, you know after you know i started getting better and so um 
I met, I became friends with Daryl Hammond. So right before the pandemic, so I've, I've played all over California in different cities and stuff in California, but I haven't, I haven't actually gone on the road and toured and opened for somebody. So when you go on the tour, on the road and you open for somebody, that's okay. uh, like somebody takes you on the road. And so yeah. I haven't done that yet, but I was scheduled to st- uh, start doing that with Daryl Hammond from Saturday Night Live, who's, he's actually a good friend of mine. And oh. uh, we talk every day. In fact, I was just on the phone with him uh, uh, one minute before I got on this podcast. He's a really oh, good nice. friend of mine. And he, uh, we had scheduled five shows. He, he booked me for five shows, Hard Rock Hotel in Florida. And then we were doing, uh, we were doing Chicago. I was going to open for him there. And then my first shows were April 12th. I think the eight, weekend of April 12th and the pandemic hit in the March and I'm like, no, no. So, but it doesn't, you know, so, uh, long story short, I haven't, I haven't toured the country opening for somebody, but I've performed with a lot of them. And like you mentioned, you know, Eliza's this Friday, I'm hosting the show this Friday with Eliza. Um, uh, I've done, you know, Kevin Nealon and last week was Michael Rappaport, you guys know, and, uh, next Friday after after this Friday is uh, Bill Burr. He's one of my favorite comedians. And uh, so, you know, it's a dream come true to get to perform with these guys. And never in a million years did I ever think that this would be possible. And so it's a dream come true. But, you know, am I in the same category as these guys? No. These guys, these, these are the best comedians in the world. Uh, I'm an up-and-comer, but, uh, you know, I can make people laugh. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting good and, you know, I'm getting better. So. Well, hold on. When we were on the baseball field, we all knew you were going to be a freaking comedian. I mean, let's be honest here. You freaking made us laugh so hard just in the dugout alone. I mean, we knew something was going to happen for you. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But not to downplay it, I think it's the greatest thing in the world, man. I was backstage. Uh, I was backstage at the, the most famous comedy club in the world, which is Comedy Store. Yeah, there's three rooms. There's the main room. There's the original room, and the and then there's the belly room. Every Friday, I was upstairs in the small room. But uh, uh, I've done I've done all three ro- rooms a bunch of times. But I was back backstage at a show, hosting the show behind the most famous curtain in the world uh, for comedy, having a conversation with Bill Burns. I'm about to go after I just did a, a really good set and got a bunch of laughs up, and I was about to go back on the stage and introduce uh, Bill Burr, one of my favorite comedians. And I just remember looking at him like wow, like this is insane, you know? And uh, yeah, let me ask this, because you're now you're saying, you know, the focus is is you, right, in comedy, but you're you're getting to open and, and watch a lot of these legends of comedy, right? Yeah. What, are you picking up something like every single time? Like, it, are they talking to you about little things? Are you seeing little ways that they do and deliver comedy that you incorporate into your act? Not stealing but more like because i've heard of that right where comedians are mad about stealing but you're not taking the jokes you're you're learning about deliveries and stuff is that something that you feel has really enhanced your career you know i i used to not like to watch too comedian too much uh the comedians too much because i didn't want to steal you know or subliminally take anything from it but but uh but yeah there's a lot to learn i mean I, you know you watch you watch bill burr the guy's just incredible you know it's is it just inc- really incredible as uh, Eliza Schlesinger, you know, she'll take a real life story and just, and make it funny, you know, and uh, Bill Burr's more of a ranter, like, you know, he talks shit, you know, about everybody. Right. And, and uh, but yeah, there's a lot to learn from everybody. You know who I, I, I do a lot of shows with, who's actually I'm friends with is Jamie Kennedy. Okay. Okay. 
Jamie Kennedy is, uh, he's a, uh, the guy's getting up like three, four times a night and he's just got, he's developing new material. He's doing punch legs. He's pushing the envelope. So I learned a lot from him and all these guys I've learned a lot from, you know, and then I try to figure out what's my approach. You know, all, all of my comedy are kind of self degrading stories about myself. I talk a lot about a lot of things that people would never talk about, mm -hmm. uh, about themselves. My most embarrassing things that have happened or drug addiction or crystal meth or, you know, stupid dating stuff that, you know, you know, it makes me look stupid and, you know, so whatever. And I just, uh, you know, you, you find a premise and, you know, or something and then you exaggerate it, you know, so it's based in truth and then you exaggerate it. But, uh, but I've learned, I've read books and I've read books and, and, you know, watch a lot of documentaries about comedy and stuff. And so you try to find your own, some people will write all their stuff like Jerry Seinfeld. He writes every single day you know, for at least an hour a day, he writes every day, he has a board and he writes all these notes. He, he spread out all his cards that he's all of his jokes and, you know, they're massive and he writes every day. And I, I heard, I'm not, I can't confirm this, but I know a lot of people, but I heard Bill Burr, he won't write it down. He only just writes one word down because he doesn't want to, uh, he doesn't, I, that approach where you don't write your comedy, your jokes down, it's because you don't want to sound like you're reading off a piece of paper. You want to be conversational. Yeah. So he's going off an idea. Yeah. And I think Eliza, I don't know if she writes her stuff down too. Eliza, she just rambles, but you know, the, the, the craft of standup, the value, you know, is telling, telling a joke you've told a thousand times and making it sound like you're telling it for the first time. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. But everybody's different, you know, like Bill Hicks used to be like one, you know, like one liners, you know, and uh, and then you know, Whoopi Goldberg on the extreme end would be the elongated storyteller. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so and there's every I'm a, like a storyteller, but what you want to do is a, a stand up. So when I when I first started doing comedy, I would you know tell stories about myself, and it would be you know set up 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 punchline set up 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 punchline, and so now I try to have it. Set up punchline, set up, set up, set up punchline, set up punchline, set up, set up punchline. Yeah. And so you try to edit down. The real craft also of stand up is learning how to edit your material. Okay. And so you want to edit it down and you want to uh, find more opportunities for laughter. And if it doesn't serve the joke and it doesn't, and, and you know, make the joke better or the, the bit better, then you take it out, you know? And that's what I struggle with is, you know, is uh, too much setup and not enough punchline. And so that's what I'll tell, I'll give you an example. Um, so when I first started, I do, I, I, I have done a lot of drug stuff. I'm trying to stay away from that now, but uh, I do it sometimes like it's sober shows and stuff like that. But I used to like at the beginning, I'd, you know, I'd be like, Oh, you know, I was, I was doing meth and I, I got down to 118 pounds. My teeth were falling out, you know, and I was, I ended up in jail and all this shit. And I would, it, and that, that was at the beginning how I used to do it. And now, if I'm doing a drug story, uh, I open it with, I recently quit smoking, <laughs> crystal meth, <laughs> you know? So that whole beginning now is just two, two, two sentences. I used to quit, yeah. I used to, you know, I, I just recently quit smoking, crystal meth. And yeah. then, uh, you know, and so, you know, that's what you can do. You start warming up to laughter with you right off the bat. Right, yeah. And then you can kind of roll from there. Are you somebody who <clears throat> will punchline as you go and then your punchline at, towards the end, the big killer is that you run it back to the beginning? 
have you do you those are really interesting how people comedians do that have yeah. you found yourself running into those it's like a, it's yeah callback when you yeah. when you reference a previous joke in your next joke yes a call it's called a callback okay there we go yeah and i do i have some uh i do a lot of left turns you know mm -hmm. uh but uh some callbacks a little bit but uh uh where you tie the whole story together by you know by bringing in an earlier joke you know right. uh so i i saw uh i do that a little bit but uh i do a lot of left turns i recently quit smoking crystal meth that's a, that's a left turn right. you know? yeah. so, uh or i do one joke where it's about dating on tinder but we got in this huge blow up in our first tinder conversation and we still we got in this huge fight and argument and then we ended up making up and uh and apologizing to each other and then we're supposed to go out and and uh, which uh, I was excited because I hope it I hope it jumped straight into makeup sets. So the, <laughs> the premise of the joke is uh, the premise of the joke is uh, a relationship over one Tinder conversation that ends in you know that ends in makeup and then hopefully makeup sex. So, exactly. Um, but but I saw as far as like the callback goes, it, um, Dave Chappelle. I saw Dave Chappelle's the greatest comedian that's ever lived on the planet, in my opinion, and uh, he. Um, he did one thing where he said, okay, I'm just gonna come up with a punchline. Someone come up with a punchline. And they would come up with a punchline and then he would tell a story and tie in that punchline. And you know, just the guys, you know, he's the greatest. He is my favorite comedian of all time. It used to be Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, remember Raw, you know, ice cream, ice cream, you know? Yeah. That's probably the most influential stand-up special in my, in my growing up was Eddie Murphy's uh, Raw and Delirious, those two. Yeah. Um, so he, Eddie Murphy's probably my favorite was, was my favorite and, but Dave Chappelle, I think he can take a serious subject like, you know, uh, black lives matter and gun violence. And so he can take like a serious subject that, that we all deal with and make it funny. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, so quick, so unbelievably quick, just on. Insane. Um, yeah. I was watching some of the Netflix stuff that he did and you know how they're, at the end of a few of them, um, and it's, I can't remember the name of it, so excuse me. You just sit there and talk with the crowd and just boom, 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 how fast and quick just things came to him and came out. I was, I was amazed, to be quite honest. Yeah. Because I've seen some people that were really quick and that just, I was like, he knows what he's going to say before this guy even knows what he's going to put out there. Incredible. And, you know, he's, uh, there's nobody better than him I, you know yeah. and it, his writing is just insane but you'll see um the one of the best crowd play which you're you're referencing crowd play when you can interact with the crowd and come up with stuff off the cuff one of the best comedians i've ever seen do it was my mentor when i started doing comedy is a comedian named ant a-n-t he's a oh i think i've heard yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he was a he was a judge on the last comic standing right that's, that's it, it. And uh, he had been on there five, six, seven seasons, I think. And he ended up being a judge on the show. And he's like toured and done, you know, this guy's amazing. He's hosted a bunch of TV shows. But he's he was one of my best friends. Uh, and he took me under his wing and helped me, helped me write, helped me uh, book, let me open for him on, the, you know, on some shows on the road, and, you know, even though I was terrible. And uh, he, uh, his crowd play is just insane. He is so... I just did a show with him before before the second wave of the pandemic. It was an outdoor show. He was it was at a it's like at an amphitheater at a church, and he 
brought up the pastor from the church to the stage and they had a debate about he's gay he's gay aunt is gay and he debated the the pastor about anal sex on the stage so it was a show at a church with a gay guy and a pastor debating anal sex it's it's never happened in comedy i'll tell you that it's never happened in comedy it was the greatest moment of comedy one i've ever seen but i i say that we're talking about crowd play because he that that was all new brand you know brand new no that's never but a lot of times he's so good at crowd play and he taught me this like when something happens you know and then like after the show he'll be like oh i could have said that you know you build your tool belt you know so you're you have all these comebacks so somebody will say something from the crowd and then he'll be like, Oh, I got this one. Right. And then he'll have a comeback and it'll act. And it looks like, it looks like he's saying it for the first time. He's just came, came up with it. And he said it a thousand times before, you know, so that's the, that's the craft. But a lot of times I had, I just did a show last Friday where I had, I tell like this really embarrassing thing about myself when I was a kid. And then I asked the crowd if that embarrassing thing ever happened to them. And then this one guy said it did. And then, and then, so I just, there's, there's tricks that you can do to get to, to have comeback. So this never happened before this one comeback. And then, uh, so what I did, there's tricks. So what I did is I, I said, okay, let's recap what he just told us. So as I'm recapping what he told us, he told me this, this, and this, it just gave me another five seconds to formulate my comeback, uh, in my head. So you're, there's different tricks that you can do to, uh, uh, and then it just, it just fucking murdered, (laughs) just murdered, but but there's also times where it backfires. And so I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, I bombed many times, many, many, many times. And, uh, I did a show where there were two, I had this little bit where I, there, if there's girls together, I'll ask them if they're lesbians and, uh, and uh, there was these two girls I asked, I said, are you guys lesbians? And they, they're like, yeah, and they're like, you know, they were like, uh, obviously lesbians, two really hot, beautiful lesbians. And I, and I commented to them, I said, I don't know why I get so excited about lesbians because I have, that means I have no chance of uh, sleeping with you, right? As a joke. And uh, I said that and everyone just kind of went, oh, like, and then this girl in the front row raised her hand and she said, it's okay, honey. It's okay. I'm straight. And you got no chance to me either. <laughs> and I froze. I had no comeback and I had no comeback. I didn't know what to say. And I was, I was a new comedian, right? Yeah. I didn't know what to say. I had no comeback, right? And so then what I, I tried to go into my, I tried to ignore it and go into my jokes. And the crowd wasn't having it. They just, that, that was the one show. I, I didn't get a single laugh the whole show. Wow. I bombed so bad that I wanted to quit. And then after the show, the girl that heckled me, she came up and she's like, oh my God, honey, I'm so sorry. I ruined your show. And she gave me a hug. Uh-huh. I, so I bombed so bad that the heckler gave me a hug and apologized to me. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Wow. So yeah. sometimes it can backfire. And you know, what you do is... Yeah. Bombing is a part of the process. Uh, three weeks ago, I didn't have a very good show, yeah. and uh, uh, which happens. I was developing new material, but you try to learn how to have thick skin and not let it affect you, and you got to bounce back. You know, it's just like, 
Was it that the first show back though? I mean, yeah, it was the first show back. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you're, you got a lot of to the vessels, right? Yeah. I went to a Josh Green show and he literally sat there, sat there and said, "I don't know what to do with you guys." And he yeah. bombed so hard, he just was he was off, but it happens. Yeah. You know, I've had shows interviewing people. I like, uh, I hope you're doing okay, Chris, because I'm struggling tonight. You know, so that happens. But but what what do you think? Where are you heading? Where's what's the yeah. like? Where's this going? What do you have? Like, do you have things planned? Are you talking to people? You, well, that? you know, the dream is to make a good living doing stand-up comedy, which I, <laughs> right. and some acting, and some acting, and uh, but you know, I've, I've, you know, being in, being sober, and you know, I, I work really hard on developing a spiritual program, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so which is part of my recovery, and you know, I just turn it over and just see where it takes me, and you know, I do the footwork and get up and do the shows and write new material and practice and we'll see, you know, yeah, I could probably be a little better at marketing myself and trying to hustle more and stuff, but we haven't been able to do that for the past year, but you know, yeah. you me that I'd be doing shows with Bill Burr, Liza Schlesinger, Kevin Nealon, Daryl Hammond, uh, you know, um, uh, Bob Saget I've done shows with and, uh, you know, I would be, I, I wouldn't be able to believe it, you know, but it's never enough. There's never, there's never anything that's enough. There's not enough of anything to complete you. You know what I mean? So the trick is to enjoy the process of where you're at. You know, would I like to have a bunch of specials and travel the world? Yeah, but you know what? I'm also only eight years into my uh, comedy and it takes years. And, you know, some, listen, I, Ellen DeGeneres, I think in her second year was on uh, The Tonight Show or Ellen was on, um, I think it was The Tonight Show uh, in her second year of doing comedy. And then some people it takes, you know, 20 years. Look at, look at Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. yeah. No respect. Famous in his seventies, he was a he was a stand-up comedian for years. He quit. I forget what job he was doing, but it was something, some kind of construction or yeah, I forget or I don't know what he was doing. But he quit for a long time, decided to come back, and then he he got really famous in his seventies. Yeah. And the and in the eighties too, with all he had like three or four movies that came out. Yeah. I mean, in in his seventies. Yeah. Oh, in his seventies. Yeah. yeah, in his seventies. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> old man can't hear. Sometimes there's smoke coming out of there, but yeah, boy, so I try to stay a lot of times. Anyway, <laughs> I try to stay out of the results and just do the work and see where it leads me. And uh, my friend Jimmy Shin, the guy, the guy that introduced me to comedy, and uh, we're still doing it together. He's the producer of these shows that I'm doing, uh, and I've been performing with him. And you know, it's really uh, I'm really grateful to him because yeah, I, I helped him out and got some groceries and stuff. But he introduced me to stand up comedian comedy, and we've been we've been doing these shows ever since, you know. And so that's cool. You know, I think I got to remember, you know, too, that you know people have helped me out uh, on my way up, and it's important for me to take the time to help others that come behind me. But you know, a lot of people just you gotta a lot of people just want to go up on the stage and and make people laugh and, and want to do our shows with Bill Burr and Eliza without any experience. And mm -hmm. everybody wants the results without doing any of the work. But if, if somebody's willing to get out there and do the mics and write and bomb and stuff like that, I'll help as much as they're willing to uh, put in the work. Yeah, you know? nice. But so I'm an, I'm an, Go ahead. I'm still in development, man. I'm still new. You know? I love it. Hey, that's awesome, though, still. What does your next month look like? I mean, you know, you got Bill Burr next week, Eliza Schlesinger this week. What's the next month look like for you? And if we were to tell people, hey, look for Greg Baldwin, aka Baldy, where would we have them find you? So right now, because of COVID, we're 
Oh, I'm coming to the Bay Area. Oh, uh, Road yeah. trip. Yeah, I'm doing Tommy T's in Pleasanton. Okay, oh, yeah. Uh, at the end of April. And yeah. uh, that'll I'll be with me, Jimmy Shin, my friend Jason, uh, Rogers. Uh, uh, us three are going to do that show. Um, and, uh, but, you know, because of COVID, a lot of stuff has been shut down. So yeah. uh, Jimmy, J- Jimmy's going out to Texas in a couple weeks to do a weekend out there. I'm going to run the show with Bill Burr on Friday, so I'm not going with him. Uh, so I'm not going to, uh, so I'm going to stay here and do the show, handle the, our show here and then, uh, but I'm hoping that, you know, hopefully this summer, everything start opening up. We can get back to the comedy store and, and start touring right before COVID hit. I had like, I don't know, 20 shows booked, uh, all over California and Florida and Chicago and, and, uh, you know, right as things were starting to take off for me, uh, it happened, but you know, that's life, man. It's bigger than me. You know, I, I got one more question. Okay. I just I always like to know like what was your your best like night when you walked away you went home and lit. I mean it might not have even been a comedy it might have just been like I was a part of something that was so cool that I had to do with comedy but what was like the night that you just went home and went man that that's that's what keeps me going that's what keeps me coming back. So there's there's shows where I've done with people that uh, that I really admire like Bill Bird and Eliza and. Kevin, Kevin Neal and I did a show one night. He watched my set and came up to me. After. Kevin Neal is the guy from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And uh, he came up to me after and said, great set, man. And uh, that was really cool. But the one time, it wasn't my best performance, and I was still a newer comedian. And uh, probably a lot of people in the Bay Area probably think I'm not that good of a comedian because they were at that show. Um, but I sold out the punchline. I headlined and sold out the punchline in San Francisco. Yeah. This was in 2017, so I was only – what, four years into it. So I was still relatively new, but I still made people laugh. But uh, I sold out the punchline and uh, I got to go. I used to work for a, a radio station called uh, KCBS, but Alice and Live 105. Yeah. And uh, I went back, I got to do uh, an appearance on the number one morning show in the Bay Area and as the guest, which yeah. was really cool. I was the guest on this morning show. And, you know, they reach a lot of people in the morning. All these people that were calling in saying, I played baseball with Greg at Sonoma uh, State. And, and uh, all these people. One of the things I talked about on that show was uh, uh, recovering from crystal meth addiction. And somebody had texted into the show after that, that they were actually in the car listening to Sarah and Vinny with, with my interview on the way to drop this guy off to go to get treated for crystal meth addiction at rehab. And she said it was the first time that she saw a smile on his face in years. Whoa. And uh, that was really powerful. And then that night I went and did this show at the punchline, sold it out. And, uh, and I, I murdered it, but not in the fact like I was a great comedian murdering it, but it was, you know, people were laughing the whole time. I did some crowd play and I got a standing ovation at the end of the show. Oh boy. The only time I've gotten a stand, not because of I'm, I was a great comedian, because it was my friend supporting my, you know, my recovering from crystal meth addiction and doing this, you know. So people after said, oh, it was good. Some people liked it. So, you know, but I look back at it now and it was like, yeah, the show's okay, but I got a standing ovation. And I walk off the stage and, uh, and I looked at my parents and the smile on my parents' face. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then after the show, all, all these people that I went to high school with wanted pictures and stuff like that. And so that was the greatest. But now I look back at it and I'm like, wow, it wasn't a very good comedian. <laughs> so I want to get back there and do a show where they get to see 
how good of a comedian I am. But I did San Jose Improv last August, not this last, the one before, before that thing. And I had about 200, 200 people, 100, 100, 100, 200 people, something like that, that came out to see me. And, and now I'm becoming a good comedian. And I, and I had a really good quality comedy show mm-hmm. and uh, where I built up a lot of respect as being a, a professional comedian. Yeah. Well, we got a couple of places up here, Punchline, Laughs Unlimited, um, up here in Sacramento area where we're located. Boy, Pleasanton, I think that'd be a fun road trip. What do you think? Oh, it's Tommy T's. You're going to have to run out there. I know. I might just have to get down there and yeah. see you. Yeah, come on out. I'll, I'll put you guys on the guest list if you want to come out. That'd be Sweet. awesome. That'd be fun. Definitely. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing the Punchline in Sacramento. Uh, my brother lives in... Uh, um, yeah, what's the city called? It's near Auburn, right past Auburn. Oh yeah, okay. Weimar. No, it's up in the hills on the left. Uh, Colfax, Meadow Vista. Meadow Vista. Okay. Yeah, my brother lives in Meadow Vista, so I got some family out there that want to come see me in Sacramento. So eventually, yeah. I'll do yeah. punchline. Yeah. When it opens up, but uh, yeah, man, it's just been a it's been a great job, you know. And I, I if listen, if things take off and I do a special and, and my career takes off, you know, if that if that ends up happening for me i'll look back at these times as the best times the innocence of it the development of it the oh, being able to perform cool. with you know great comedians that for the very first time you know i'll look back at these as the you know just like you know playing baseball you know yeah. you know just like playing baseball you look back at those innocent days of you know high school ball and, and babe ruth and you know joe dimaggio and all that stuff when it was for the fun you know, just for the fun, and uh, there wasn't any money atti- attached to it or any. You know, you just did it, and so. Uh, and the other thing I want to say to you, Chris, also is uh, you, that you're, a, you know, a baseball player. The reason why I love doing stand up so much is that for me, it's like it's like being on the in the on deck circle, and the ninth inning with one out, and the guy before you strikes out, the bases are loaded, you're down by two. And you walk into the batter's box, you're walking out, the guy's throwing night, you know, 80, 90 miles an hour, you're nervous, you're excited, and you walk into the batter's box, but you learn how to focus that nervous energy to, uh, you know, to, uh, to be, you know, to have a positive action. And you yep. get in there and you, you know, you hit the ball in the gap and you, you know, and you're like running around first, running around second, then you dive into third, it's bang, bang, safe. And it's like that adrenaline's rushing, you get on the crowd's cheering and that feeling that you get from, from baseball, you know, from sports and that adrenaline rush. I get that same thing now doing standup. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool. That's, that's amazing. That is awesome. I but, love so it. in the same spoke, speak of that, okay, I'm just, I got more Squirrel. questions. I, no, because he just, he just hit on something, which is really impressive. There's something in sports called getting into a zone. Yeah. So he talks about the fact that he went in and he takes all that energy and he goes out there. Do you find yourself in a zone? Like everything's kind of quiet around you and you're just in like, you're just in spotlight. It's you and everything slows down. And yeah, that's such an amazing phenomenon. I know I've had that in sports. I'm wondering if that hits in comedy as well. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. You want to try to be in your body and not your mind. Right. You know, and how do you get into the zone? How do you get to that that ability? I mean, listen, you look at Michael Jordan, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. These are people that have been able to put themselves continuously in that situation uh, over and over and perform under pressure. And I can guarantee there's one way that they've been able to achieve that. Hard work, repetition, 
hard work, definitely. Repetition focus. and uh, developing your skill set. But then there's something also that's God given that, you know, that, that I, I think that be, people have that ability to perform under pressure. I thrive on it. Oh, ever since I was a little kid, I love to be yeah. in the spotlight. I thrive on it. But listen, sometimes you strike out three times, man. Sometimes yeah. you get beaten in the head. Sometimes you fail, you know, and it's like, you know, the, you know, it's the same thing with stand up, you know, and you overcome your fails. You, you, you learn from it. But the thing that I really struggle with sometimes is I'm so hard on myself. Anything short of Richard Pryor or Dave Chappelle, and I'm a loser. You know, that's where yeah. I come from. If I don't kill and murder, then I did something wrong. I can do, you know, say I did five bits one night. I could do four great bits and get laughs, and I do one that didn't work. And all I can think about is that negative one. Uh, but I was thinking about it the other day. It's like, but wait a minute. You know, when I played baseball, right? And, and then I'd worry like, oh, everybody thinks I'm a terrible comedian or whatever. And I'm really hard on myself. But then when I was playing baseball, right, and I go 0 for 4, right, I don't think, oh, that crowd thought I was a terrible baseball player, this and that. I think, you know what I think? I think, okay, I don't like that feeling. I don't want to fail. I don't, I don't want to go 0 for 4. Right? So how can I make myself better to put myself in a better situation? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's experience. But the, the issue with stand-up is you got to develop new material. And when you develop new material, it's not going to work a lot of times. True. And you got you to do it over and over and over again. So you learn how to grow skin and not, and not care about yourself. But the more you do it, the better you're able to get, like, you, you know, you would ask to get in the zone. And, uh, and then, you know, it's uh, like I said earlier about the cop, like you build a tool belt. So next time, you know, the next time that girl yells at me, uh, if she ever, if someone ever says, uh it's okay i'm straight i don't know if you that joke anymore but it won't, it won't happen but if somebody said it uh it's okay i'm not straight you can't you won't you have no chance of talking to me either you know what i would say i got an eight ball of cocaine in my pocket that says i, I can <laughs> <laughs> right so sure. after i'm like oh shit i had a good you know okay. and so next time, for the next time that happens right i'll remember that <laughs> yeah. when oh, you look wow. at joe montana jerry rice and you know you're in Joe, like Tom Brady and those guys, the, the one thing that separates them from everybody else is their work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not afraid to fail. That's beautiful. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You got to be courageous. You got to take chances. That's right. I agree. He's been great. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Baldy, thank you so much. You know, really appreciate you coming on. It's great hooking up with you. I can't wait to see you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get some more information from you so I can have people contact you. Sure. and follow the schedule find follow. all this where all exactly. the social media is and everything yeah. my what my my i'm so i'm on social media i post all my shows on instagram it's at real fred baldwin perfect okay uh on uh, i don't really use twitter so uh but uh on my website is uh realgregbaldwin.com and uh if anybody wants to ask any questions or wants to reach out to me they can send me a message on instagram i'll respond to all of them right on sweet man sweet thank you again hey I want to thank everybody for watching this great, great interview with Baldy. Can't wait for you all to see him live. Yeah. Um, Coming up to Pleasanton, Tommy T's. You know it, Pleasanton. And then hopefully we can get him up to Sacramento soon. Yeah. And then Netflix. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> yes. Your yeah. mouth to God's ears. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Thanks again, Baldy. You I have a great one, it. man. All right, fellas. Yeah.